You're listening to WNHHLP, 103.5 FM New Haven, streaming live at www.newhavenindependent.org and broadcasting live from our offices on Elm Street. This is another episode of The Tom Ficklin Show with Tom Ficklin. Good morning, everyone. It's really a pleasure to be here with Jerry Streets, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about Jerry this show, given the, uh, I wouldn't say crisis, but just the, the global attention to the upcoming presidential race, which is, by the way, in, in about two weeks, uh, it's a, it's a get-out-the-vote get show. But Jerry, uh, Jerry Streets is running for state rep in the town of Stratford. And uh, ho- hopefully, Jerry, your opponent won't be too mad at me or any of the other people that are running for office about my not giving them equal time. But it's, this really is not an equal time show. We have a person in, the, in, in here in the studio by the name of Jerry Streets who has really committed all of his life, and now he's looking to forward to committing even more to, to uh, participating more actively and publicly in the, in the, in the political process. Uh, Jerry and I graduated from, as, from a point of disclosure, graduated a few, few moons ago, Jerry, from the, the, the Divinity School back in the, mid, the mid-70s. So uh, I have known him, he's known me, but it's fascinating how people still, we have our core values, but we change and we evolve and we not transmute, but we, uh, we, we kind of just attempt to grow and either successfully or unsuccessfully, but the, the issue of growth and success and just kind of rising to the challenge or whatever those challenges might be or something that I've respected and admired in Jerry for so long. He was an older person here in New Haven. I think when you were in, in divinity school, uh, also a police commissioner, also when you're uh, shortly after graduation and um, Monterey Baptist church in, in, in Bridgeport for 10 years. Uh, I was pastor at Mount Airy for 17, but uh, eight of those years I was also on the Bridgeport Police Commission. Tremendous. And then uh, when I came to New Haven, back to New Haven as chaplain of Yale University, I was on the New Haven Police Commission for another seven, seven years yeah, or so. Yeah. So it was like 15 years as a police commissioner. Isn't that something? Two different towns. Uh, and, and chaplain at Yale for, for 10 years. 15. As, for 15. Uh-huh. I'm sorry, chaplain at Yale for 15 um, as I mentioned, the Yale Divinity School graduate, but also teaches at Yale. And also you taught, you teach a few, a few of the past summer programs where members of the public can participate in uh, courses at Yale. So that's been a, been a fa- fascinating thing. Uh, you've traveled internationally and consulted with, in terms of trauma and, and uh, chaos that goes on in other civilizations. And I'm not talking about America, everybody. I'm talking about uh, throughout the world. Social worker at Bridgeport Hospital was a Bridgeport or one of the other hospitals. I was a, I am a clinical social worker, and part of my career has been a, a social worker at the Bridgeport Community Mental Health Center. Tremendous, yeah. and, and currently uh, pastor at the historic Dixwell Avenue Church of Christ. Yeah, right uh, here in New Haven. Right here in New Haven, and you, you, we haven't rehearsed this, but you're also speaking in Italy. Next month, two months from now? Yeah, actually, uh, Tom, and I really appreciate this opportunity to be in conversation with you and, and your listening audience because this is a very exciting as well as anxious time in our national life and in our, in our global relationship with our other, um, with our other neighbors. Uh, but yeah, I, I, for the last uh, 14 years, I've been a part of what's called the Harvard Program in Refugee Trauma. And what we do is train people in the public health and mental health uh, and primary health care field to deliver mental health services to people who have been traumatized by war mm. or natural disasters mm. and all over the world. So we, uh, we convene 60 people every year. This is the 11th year of this particular training program. Uh, we convene 60 people every year in a little town called Orvieto, Italy, mm. um, an hour north of Rome. 
And in a retreat uh, environment, we review all the latest uh, data about uh, trauma treatment, medications, counseling techniques, etc. And then we follow these 60 people online and supervise their clinical work wherever they are in the world. Mm -hmm. And after five months of that clinical supervision, if they complete all the work successfully, they receive a master's certificate in global mental health from the Harvard Medical School. Mm -hmm. So so the question remains, Jerry, uh, why in the heaven, after all this that you've done and are still now still doing, as you referenced, uh, decided to kind of cast your lot in running, as they say, for streets for Stratford. Streets well, for Stratford. Thank you. I, I am running for state representative to represent the 120th district in the, in the town of Stratford, Connecticut. We moved to Stratford by choice uh, 10 years ago when I thought I was going to be fully retired after mm-hmm. having served as chaplain of Yale University for 15 years. And um, as we settled into the, the town of Stratford, w- which we like very much, small town in part of uh, New England, uh, starting to get involved in the community, uh, particularly the library there. And so we were living a uh, semi-retired life in Stratford while I was teaching it, uh, as I continue to teach at Yale Divinity School. And as this particular year unfolded mm. uh, for our national election, uh, I had this real feeling that I wanted to do more than just encourage people to vote mm. and to be involved in voter registration. And I was the more and more I thought about it, in some of the classes I've taught uh, at both the college level and the graduate school level, we've reviewed the whole issue of policy mm. and the role of policy and how policy is is formulated. And I've uh, had students to go visit our state capitol to watch the mm. legislative process. And I, too, have gone and given testimony mm-hmm. at the Connecticut legislature uh, on different issues over the years, as well as our U.S. Congress. Mm-hmm. And so the... The overall, the overall mantra for my policy course has been policy enacted means lives impacted. Mm. And I say to students all the time that a policy, when it's created, uh, survive, if it survives, then people's lives are directed by that. Mm-hmm. And there's only two ways by which a policy could not have influence. That is, once it's adopted as a policy you cannot fund it mm-hmm, mm-hmm, if it's not mm-hmm, funded mm-hmm. <laughs> then it doesn't get enacted mm-hmm. or of course it never leaves the legislative chambers yes. and it b- doesn't become law or an audience an order ordinance and so uh, a, a policy has to be funded and yes. then it has to be carried out by the appropriate division of government so as i was thinking about that and thinking about some of the things that were going on in, in my own town of stratford uh, I said, you know, I think I could be an advocate and a voice to improve the quality of life uh, in different dimensions, which I'm happy to talk to you about uh, in Stratford. And that was led me to uh, becoming the Democratic Town Committee's endorsed candidate for state representative from the 120th district in Stratford. Now, if I didn't know you so well, I would say that was an ex- acceptable response. Let's, 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 drill, let's drill down some more. Because you've noticed issues in Stratford, you lived there, as you mentioned, a number of years. What was kind of the tipping point, do you think, this year to cause you to want to get particularly involved? 
As I was listening to people, and since doing the door knocking portion of any uh, of campaigning, as mm-hmm. all candidates running for office know they have to do, uh, my suspicion was further confirmed that people in our town, and mm-hmm. it's probably true of a lot of places, mm-hmm. were feeling that their uh, elected officials weren't really representing them, and that representation is not a matter of that representative doing all that the citizens wanted to do. Mm -hmm. It's a matter of them feeling that the representative listened and cared and stayed involved with trying to understand what was going on in the town. So I'm a very, at least I like to think of myself as a very relational person. It comes out of my personality in general, out of my role as a pastor. And I said, you know, I'm not promising a chicken in every pot Mm -hmm. or a car in every garage, Mm -hmm. but I can particularly at this stage of my life where I, I, I'm not doing this to develop another career. Indeed, indeed. Uh, uh, that I can, I can be a listener and an, an interpreter mm-hmm. of the concerns that people in Stratford have and look for ways as a legislator uh, to bring resources and to use the platform of state representative to really advocate for the town of Stratford. People are hurting but they're all, they, they also want to be hopeful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, we have a lot of natural resources in Stratford. You, you, you probably remember back early in the days when we f- first came to New England, the, the Shakespeare Theater, mm-hmm, how mm-hmm, attractive mm-hmm, that is mm-hmm. and was at the time. Uh, it could be f- Stratford, for Stratford, the Shakespeare Theater can be our Branson, Missouri. Mm, I mean, we can mm, really develop mm, that. Mm. Um, and there's different views of this in our mm-hmm. town. Some people want to just tear it down. It's not operating fully now. Some people want to tear it down and put some commercial venture there. I like to be an advocate for how we can partner with the state mm-hmm. to find resources to further develop uh, develop uh, the Shakespeare Theater. That's just one example. Sure, sure. Um, there is this, your audience in general may may not be aware of this as well, there's a proposal to create another exit, uh, exit 33 mm. in Stratford mm-hmm. that would get people closer to them, the malls and shopping areas. And uh, that's created a lot of concern about traffic flow Indeed. and, and Indeed. whether or not we really need another exit mm-hmm. one mile from the current exit. Mm-hmm. So uh, that that is a, an issue that, that, that I'm concerned about. As as well as Stratford is a wonderful. It's fifty three thousand people. Fifty three thousand. I know it's that large. Yeah, it's a yeah. town. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it has um, uh, uh, twelve thousand registered unaffiliates. Boy. And uh, seven thousand registered Democrats and five thousand registered Republicans. So the independents are really the unaffiliated. They represent are, really a, a right, party in, in, right. in essence. And and I'm glad you you said that because. Being an uh, an independent means, as I'm listening to people, they interpret being an ind- being an independent to mean that they are freer to make a choice, mm. particularly if the choices that that are before them are equally less desirable. Mm-hmm. And uh, while the notion of being independent is attractive and it has its place in our political uh, community and our political history and process. This is not a time to cast uh, a vote for anyone other than, in my opinion, a Democratic or either the Democratic or Republican candidate. Mm-hmm. A vote for 
uh, a, a Green Party or write in or you know pick your description is is a lost vote. Mm. And in some ways, it's a vote for the candidate that you least want to have mm. in. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if I'm mm-hmm. if I'm an anti-Trump person and I don't vote. I'm 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 voting for Trump mm-hmm, by mm-hmm, not voting mm-hmm, uh, and or Hillary you can mm-hmm, whichever you want mm-hmm. to put it. So uh, I I admire the Yankee spirit. Yes. You know, this this idea that we're strong and in, in independent. Yeah, 169 towns. But right. in a political process, uh, uh, these unaffiliates or independent people, I hope, will come out in good numbers. And of course, I'm biased. I hope mm-hmm, they vote for mm-hmm, the Democratic mm-hmm, ticket. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said this to a reporter not not long ago and he seemed to be surprised i said of course i want to win and the numbers uh, theoretically are there that I, I i have a good chance of mm-hmm. winning but i would be more disappointed if the turnout overall was low yes 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 and and i know that a, a large turnout seems to statistically favor the democratic party so therefore i would be favored by a large turnout but it's it's more than winning for me it's it's encouraging people to to reinvest their faith in the democratic process mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. to and to be involved to the extent that whomever is elected particularly if if it's the candidate of your choice mm-hmm. you must work continually to hold that person accountable yes for the for the leadership that they will provide for the vision that they say that they have for the country uh, as a, as a candidate so uh voting is very important and it's very important to do so in this national election. Absolutely. Again, this, you're listening to the Tom Ficklin show and, and I have Reverend uh, Jerry Streets. Should I throw in Frederick as well? You mm. have to... <laughs> as they say, my government name is Frederick Jerome. Uh-huh. My parents named me Frederick Jerome and never called me either one. They, they, they called me Jerry. Uh, they didn't call you bad boy back in the day? No. Well, well <laughs> right. I, I do. They, they may have, you know, uh, to full yeah. disclosure, Jerome came out occasionally when I was in trouble uh-huh. and when I was in trouble. But that was so rare. Uh-huh. Sure. So, so yeah, yeah. I, I have my vivid memories is well, more of Jerry than Jerome. That's your story and you're sticking to yeah, it, I'm right? I'm sticking to it. Mm-hmm. When you reference the, the local issues, we hear the, the phrase of all politics are local, and that really does per, does pertain in so many ways. So, again, this show is really is a get-out-the-vote show, absolutely, and it's such a pleasure to have Jerry Jerry with us. Any, a few other issues in Trumbull, because, again, people can listen to this show and listen to WNHH worldwide, uh, but wherever you are on the planet, there are local issues that need to be resolved. It could be something like an exit or, or reviving a, an institutional landmark might not seem pertinent to you if you're listening in, in Australia, but wherever you're listening to things about access, transportation, economic development, safety, health, all those issues, regardless of how your your, your country is, is divided from a constitutional standpoint and here in the United States, obviously. Uh, any other issues that kind of seem well, pertinent I mean, to you? To, to your point that you just mentioned, pe- people need to just keep in mind the word appropriations sounds, you know, dry and it sounds like economics and it certainly has a policy ring to it. But it's through the political process at the local level mm-hmm. that a state legislature then appropriates monies to support local uh, mm-hmm. endeavors. Yes. And so no city, no town can do it all alone. Mm-hmm. And we, we know that the challenges we have as a nation as far as our national debt and our national budget, certainly here in Connecticut, we've had some severe budget cuts. Yes. And with when when that happens, the impact of those cuts at a state level 
uh, impacts the local level because mm-hmm. without mm-hmm. appropriate state support appropriations in certain categories, cities and towns have to either come up with additional resources on their own or cut radically the services uh, that they provide or uh, the dreaded mm. consideration of, of raising taxes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In, mm-hmm. in our town of Stratford, our tax rate went up two mills. Mm. Now, that means for some people, for an example, as I've walked around and talked with people, a two mill tax increase may mean for one family two or three hundred more dollars a year. Mm-hmm. And that, that's still significant. Yes. But for another family, I actually ran into two families mm. like this, an elderly family on fixed income, that mill rate increased their local taxes a thousand dollars. And when you have that kind of situation, people then start to struggle. The tax burden becomes uh, un, 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 uh, unduly yes. uh, pressuring, and people start thinking about where they can cut back and, and even maybe relocating to some place that is cheaper. One of the things that I'm supporting, which is a part of the, the, our statewide democratic platform, is to no longer tax Social Security income for senior citizens. Mm. Uh, we want to ban the tax on Social Security income. When you earn money, you pay taxes on yes. it. You put, you put your money, you, your portion in Social Security. Then when you take it out, the state taxes you again. Yes, indeed. That's a double tax. Indeed, indeed. And there are a number of states that don't tax Social Security income. And that can make a big difference in the life of senior citizens, of which Stratford, like a lot of other, sure, ta- sure. like a lot of other towns, have a significant portion of seniors. Sure. Yeah. I'm one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you and I are in the AARP club, absolutely. Yeah, that's right. If if, if uh, Kevin Limbo was here, or or the governor, or uh, Denise Napier, the treasurer, what would they say in terms of how to make up that shortfall? Well, uh, they would probably that would be a, a legitimate question and concern, but that's part of what needs to happen. Uh, that is a conversation with all parties involved across the aisle. I'm, I, mm-hmm. I work very collaboratively with people of different uh, viewpoints and values than, than my own. I, I just think that we can we can come up with a way to to absorb that kind of uh, a repeal of a state mm-hmm. income tax on mm-hmm. Social Security income, mm-hmm. and it's going to take a collective effort. I'm not dodging the question. Mm-hmm, I'm just saying mm-hmm. it's too complex to say this one yes, way to do it the yes, one way. Yes. But I do know unless everyone is at the table willing to be imaginative enough and see this as a value for our, our senior citizens across the state, that's the only way we're going to come up with a solution. And there's seniors all over Connecticut yes. who are impacted by this. Yes, yes. And people are not moving to Florida just because it's mm-hmm, it's warm. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. it's because there's no state income tax. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so um, these are the kinds of things that I I want to use the platform of state representative to to champion, to uh, to be a convener mm-hmm. of multiple interest uh, groups around whatever the issue might be and to see how we can come up with a, with a solution that is progressive and future-oriented. The other thing that, that we're, we are proposing is is more funding and support of vocational tech education. Mm, tremendous. Now, you know, you and I are sitting here. We're, we well, have Sikorsky, been, Sikorsky's yeah, experiment. But, yes. but, but we've benefited from mm-hmm. college and graduate school mm-hmm. and all that. Um, and, but there are students whose abilities and talents uh, should be supported 
uh, in the trades. Yes, indeed. Uh, n- not that they're not college material. That's 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 not what I'm saying. We should get away from this idea that if you go to a trade school or Votech school, that somehow you're somehow less intellectual mm-hmm, mm-hmm, than mm-hmm, the person yes, that goes yes, to yes. Uh, you know one of the other professions. Hey, I'm sitting here with a doctor degree. Uh, but I still have to call a plumber. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And God bless plumbers, <laughs> believe me, particularly uh, when I've had to call them at yes. 3 o'clock in the morning. Yes. So uh, our proposal is to increase with our community colleges, Votech uh, education, mm-hmm. and and inspire young people yes. to, to identify these areas early on. There are manufacturing jobs and companies in yes. Connecticut can't find enough employees yes yes because the 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 pool of people trained is is limited that doesn't make any sense we're shooting ourselves in the in in the foot so uh, this is the kind of uh, effort and imagining uh, i I like to to engage in as a state representative it's so important to hear you say that oh maybe four weeks ago i had the superintendent of the voc tech system on on the show and and it was such a great show and she was sharing what you just mentioned also i think you have the Something's helped the aeros, aerospace. There's something in Sikorsky, and yes. Stanford has a has, has a data, uh, a high tech kind of thing going on. So just the the need, and even I was at the uh, the Trumbull. Uh, uh, they had a business pre, business appre- one of your adjacent towns in Stratford. The Trumbull had a business appreciation breakfast last week, and the head of the the economic economist for the CBIA talked about the need to invest mm-hmm. in, in in the, the Vogue tech, tech system for the precise reasons you mentioned about mm-hmm. our skilled labor force and the, particularly this younger generation understanding the opportunities. Right. Right. Well, you know, the, the national political campaign for, for president is causing um, people to rethink their role as citizens mm-hmm. uh, at the national level and certainly at the local level. The strength of our democracy is exactly that it is citizens participation. Mm-hmm. It's not creating an elite group of political leaders. It's a matter of voicing your opinion and voicing it through voting and then holding people accountable who are elected, whether they are the people you supported or not, and continuing to work for change uh, for the betterment of any community mm-hmm. or, or nation. So this is this is a, a, a very challenging time yes. because we can, I can sit here, you can sit here, you can bring another guest on, and we can list... Uh, make a quite a long list of the uh, our perceived weaknesses or dislikes of, uh, uh, regarding our two national candidates, mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Trump and 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 uh, Ms. Hillary uh, Clinton. Uh, but but if we allow our sense of their limitation to calcify in us as as uh, as as pessimism mm. and there's no use in voting. Uh, uh, it's it's all rigged. Mm-hmm, whether you're a Democrat mm-hmm, or a Republican, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, we withdraw uh, our power and our potential influence yes, as citizens, and we do not honor all of those people who came before us. Yes, on whatever side of the mm-hmm. aisle that they were fighting on, mm-hmm. we dishonor all of that activity and sacrifice uh, that's that's made our country. The country that it is now, a country that I I'm very proud of, uh, but I know it has great promise. Yes, and yes. Uh, yeah, I've lived long enough now. As some people <laughs> have said, we've we've seen major changes, social and political changes regarding African American people, Hispanic people, 
Native American, not as much, but some efforts are, are, are being signaled there for mm-hmm. improvement. Certainly, the status and role of women in our society. Mm-hmm. We can we can look at a lot of measures of progress, but no matter what we measure as having been uh, a sign of progress, we know we still have a long way to go in, absolutely. In, in all those areas. Absolutely. But if it can't happen in America, it can't happen anywhere. Well, it, and, and that, that's so, so true. I mean, that, that resonates very true. I mean, people tend to forget that not until 1919, 1920 to, 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 could women vote. I mean, that's, does that mean that every uh, election that, was, that took place before was illegal? Well, no, but, but I mean, someone should make that challenge. And obviously we have the Civil Rights yeah. and Voting Rights Act. Well, it, it wasn't illegal <laughs> at that time as to law. Yes. Uh, but what sometimes was legal is not always moral. I see. There you go. <laughs> so, so talk talk about morality for a second, because you've you've spent again a lot of your life with uh, with Mount Airy Church. Uh, you were ordained when you were. I heard, heard you mentioned maybe seventeen. How, how old were you when you were you were ordained? Well, I was li- in like, the Protestant li- free tradition, I was licensed to start preaching at sixteen. At sixteen. But I was licensed uh, to preach at at uh, twenty three. At twenty three. Yeah. And so that was. Yeah, and you're a little older than twenty three. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And, well, this year marks my fiftieth year trying to to preach, and uh, my thirty seventh year in parish ministry. So, 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 Chad. I mean, that's that's a testimony, and I've been blessed to kind of be around uh, ministers and and uh, people that have been members of the Islamic faith, either uh, even some agnostics I've talked to. So I've enjoyed kind of chatting with people that have been philosophically oriented, that believe in the potential of mor- morality. But this is, again, any, any thoughts, just as we take a little diversion, we'll come back to the politics in a second. But we heard like the moral majority have um, Reverend Barber going around and, and with Jim Forbes and others about the trying to re- reignite kind of the moral moral thrust of society well you know this is a challenging area because uh as you know i've 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 worked for and i deeply appreciate religious diversity Mm -hmm. and that any i've gotten into trouble with some of my uh, uh more conservative if you will evangelical friends when i say uh you know, I I I see myself as a Christian. I try to live a Christian life. Um, by no means uh, 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 an exemplar at the highest order of that. We all struggle, uh, and I've said that for me, as a Christian, Jesus Christ for me is the way to God. Um, he is, as the Scripture says, mm-hmm. the way, the truth, and the life. Mm-hmm. But I've said he's not the only way, <laughs> and this is where my friend said, "I'm, a, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on my way to hell in a handbasket," uh, b- uh, because there are different ways that people understand and reflect the divinity mm. that's in all of us. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate the fact that while I grew up in a very conservative evangelical uh, black church on the south side of Chicago before coming to New Haven after college. That church also exposed me to other religions. Mm. I went mm. to multi-faith religious camps as well as mm-hmm. Christian camps. I I remember going to um, the Baha Temple mm. in Evanston, Illinois, mm-hmm. for retreats to learn more about mm. Baha'i, the Baha'i faith. Mm-hmm. I, I've studied Buddhism. Yeah, uh, and people sometimes confuse philosophical orientations with religious ones, mm-hmm. and, and we don't have to get mm-hmm. in that. You'll be back on the show. You'll debate. be back, but. Um, I respect the ways in which anyone who feels that their viewpoint on a given issue of policy is based upon what they understand their moral values and beliefs to be. Mm-hmm. Now, 
that doesn't mean I have to agree with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that there is an appropriate role of separation of church and state. I, I think the founding uh, uh, fathers, if we, if you will, and there were some founding mothers mm-hmm, there too, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but the the founders of our country had it right that that there that this country should not in any way uh, impede the free expression of mm-hmm. religious belief, but nor should it uh, uh, sponsor or support a particular religious orientation. So when people take on an issue and say it's their religious or moral belief, um, that may, uh, that is, a lot of people assume that laws are uh, amoral. Mm-hmm. Every law is a reflection of mm. values and mm. beliefs. Good point. Right? It's the way in which the law is not only interpreted, but enforced mm-hmm. that separates it from a, 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 a religious thrust yes. from a state's uh, thrust. The state has instruments to enforce the law. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wouldn't want a state that said I had to worship a certain way yes. and then they use the instruments to enforce that. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so when, uh, when people are motivated by their religious beliefs to take a certain policy stand, I can respect and appreciate that. But the larger question is, if this becomes law, is that and is the carrying out of that law in the best interest of the whole mm-hmm, rather mm-hmm, than mm-hmm. the particular interest of the group that might be advocating for it? Very good. Point. So uh, it's about consensus. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, what if I believed, for an example, that it was against my religion to stop at a red light? Mm. Now the law says you stop on mm-hmm, a red light, mm-hmm, but. Mm-hmm. But I say my religion, I, you know, yes, I keep, yes, yes. my faith says I'm not to obey electronic d- mm-hmm, direction, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So I get to a corner with a stoplight and I keep going and I hit somebody. Yes. Right? I can't say that it's not my fault <laughs> because mm-hmm, I was mm-hmm. obeying my religion. Mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. The, the ordinance, the statute that says you stop at a red light is for public safety. Yes, indeed. And for the ordered way of of moving traffic through a city. So it may be an that, awkward example. No, no, it's a perfect but, example, sure. But that law that makes me stop at the light is for the good of yeah, the, the public, whole. Yeah, the public good, absolutely. And, and not for me as a particular person, mm-hmm. uh, even if my religion worships sure. red, red lights. Sure, <laughs> and that, that's really such a profound example where the individual rights versus the, the, public, the, public, the good. public good yeah, is, yeah. kicks in. Yeah. Uh, you're listening to the Tom Ficklin Show, and again, it's a pleasure to chat with uh, Frederick Jerome, Reverend Streets of all, and, Jerry Street. and, and other things on the golf course. I'm sure you've been, you've been called also, but we won't, won't go there. Well, the golf course is where I do my penance. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, uh, and again, this is, we hope that you do. If you live in the Stratford area, you're certainly considering voting for sure. But regardless of where you are in the, well, in the, in the United States, we have a very important upcoming election uh, and here in, here in uh, Connecticut, it's every two years for the state reps and the, and the state senators, and we have an election for mayor here in New Haven ne- next year. It's every two years in New Haven, and I think almost in yeah, most, most, yeah, most, most, most of the towns. Yeah, yeah. Our town has the same and, thing. And, and you were referencing um, earlier, excuse me, about the, the state funding. Mayor Harp here is on this, this radio station every week, and she often refers to the amount of funding that's required from the state to kind of keep, keep our cities running. We know about Bridgeport having... a. a almost stepping on the precipice of, of bankruptcy years ago, two or three times. We know about Detroit. We know about the problems Hartford is having. So, Well, look, at, look what happened to our country 
just a few years ago when President Obama uh, stepped in and, and saved us from the big fiasco yes. with the banks. And yes. again, this was government intervention mm-hmm. that, that pulled us out of that, uh, that really difficult quagmire of a time, partially created by uh, greed indeed and and the either the manipulation of or the overlooking of, of banking regulations mm-hmm. etc mm-hmm. so when people you know say minimum government I understand that there, there can be times when the government may be overly involved in in regulating our life but you don't you don't want a government that's uh, that that has to only be called in at a time mm. of crisis yes, like, like you're calling the Calvary or the mm-hmm. or the EMS you know mm-hmm. the government and and has a partnership role to play with us as citizens and uh, just as there's a balance of power within our government through our through three branches of government we have to figure out continue to figure out and articulate what is the balanced of power relationship between government intervention and our living our everyday lives. That's so, so profound. Yeah. Uh, you have, we have about maybe, I would say, Lucy, 10 minutes perhaps. Um, and again, listening to the Tom Ficklin show, and this is not his show to say, change your, your, re- your residence to, and move to Stratford to vote for Jerry. But if you happen to do that, that's fine. But if you happen to know someone that lives we, in... <laughs> we would welcome you with open arms. Uh, but it's to get out the vote. It, it's important and it's so kind and blessed to have Jerry here to kind of illustrate the need for 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 citizens to really understand your role as a as a. If you're a citizen, you have so you have rights. You have inal- some inalienable rights and exercise them. Well, also what's you know what's what's dear to a lot of people, particularly young families, uh, uh, their economic uh, uh, hopes for a, a strong. Um, economic life that will support us, their middle class uh, standards and we all benefit by a strong middle class mm-hmm. but but part of that whether you're middle class or not is public education mm. that that historically has been one of the great hallmarks of our democracy mm-hmm. and it's been a place of of a real um, e- um equalization mm-hmm. if you will mm-hmm. um that's one of the reasons why uh uh, Brown versus Board Education Indeed. was so important to to eliminate segregation in, in in our public schools. Regardless of where a child is living or his or her socioeconomic status, when that child goes to school, that child should receive the same quality education yes. as a child living in a better, if you will, uh, socioeconomic condition. Mm-hmm. And that takes public will. It takes yes. commitment. Uh, it takes... Uh, the state being supportive of public education, uh, and that's one of the things that I've been advocating for, even as a private citizen mm-hmm. and as a clinical social worker. I've worked with children and families. Uh, I've 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 done workshops for our education department, for the Department of uh, Children and Families, this kind of thing. And I've listened to parents, and I see how they struggle. And every parent, yes, I have not run into a parent who did not want mm-hmm. their child to be. Mm-hmm to mm-hmm. be uh, exposed mm-hmm. to the mm-hmm. best quality of education. And that's, that's something that's not only the parents' uh, um, concern, it ought to be a concern of all citizens Indeed. because we're talking about how we are helping the form and shape the life of children and they become the next generation. So if I don't have children in a public school, if I'm, I don't have children at all or my children are all grown, um, that doesn't mean that I shouldn't be, as a citizen, concerned about 
public education and its quality for the children who uh, yeah. who are coming behind my children That's right. or my grandchildren. That's right. and, and as you know, we have this recent case that the Supreme Court will now kind of, the state Supreme Court will kind of weigh in on about the school funding and the disparities, et cetera, right. uh, that, the, that the state of Connecticut has appealed. But that there's a perfect issue uh, from Brown versus Board of Ed to uh, Chef versus 10 to now this current current case kicking right. in. But as we as we wind down, Marion Wright Edelman, you've you've worked, you've uh, oh Marion, you, you, yes, you, he's a uh, dear friend. I've I've worked and known the Children's with, Defense Fund, with the Children's Defense Fund for for over twenty five years. Um, I've I've done lectures for her, workshops with the young uh, high school and college kids that CDF Children's Defense Fund trains to be child advocates in their community. Um, CDF is a wonderful now that. It's a wonderful organization for resources. Uh, one can go to their website, Children's mm-hmm. Defense Fund, and there's mm-hmm. a great deal of resources there for child development, et cetera. But at the policy level, um, yes. uh, CDF has been there in Washington year after year looking for and looking after uh, policies that would be in the best interest of children yes. Yes. across cultures yes. and economic uh, backgrounds. And, Jerry, if folks want to kind of you know, find out more about the campaign. I'm not going to give you more of a pitch for that, but how can they contact you? Oh, the- yeah. Streets, plural, my, and that's my name, Streets for Stratford, all one word, streetsforstratford.com. That's S-T-R-E-E-T-S-F-O-R-S-T-R-A-T-F-O-R-D, streetsforstratford.com. The, all the information is there. Uh, my Email is there as well as my phone number, and I do welcome people to email me and or call, and I will respond because I value and trust in uh, being responsive and relational to people. You're not gonna you're not gonna call me or give me an, uh, send me an email, and you're not here from me mm-hmm, f- mm-hmm, forever or mm-hmm, two months later. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, you'll agree with this, Jerry. And again, I affirm that you'll uh, that you'll be successful and not only in November, but whatever you want to do for the rest of your life. Uh, but his, Jerry's a type of person where you may have heard him talk about something during the show that you might want to follow up with him regardless of the outcome of the election. He's been, his his uh, website talks about devoted to service, dedicated to community. That's, I love that from the alliteration standpoint, but those really aren't just words. You've been doing this for a while, so I come back to that. It's a part of who I am. I'm just, it's I'm started, just amazed. It as started a net, in high school. Has Annette been paying you to kind of be no, this, this no, committed? No, no, Annette, my dear wife, is, uh, is, is, is my angel. But, you know, I, I'm thankful. I think back now, uh, all these years later, how adults in my life in high school who were community mm-hmm. activists mm-hmm. took me along with them uh, insisted that I give back to be a volunteer in the community. One of the first jobs I had uh, as a high school student was helping to run a voluntary action center, recruiting mm-hmm. volunteers to work with people mm-hmm. uh, in, in the community. So it's been a part of my life uh, from from very early on. Boy, boy. And that's, it's, it's a, sometimes I, I'm teaching a Fundamentals of Communication course at Gateway and ch- chat with the students a lot about their the transitions in their life, the tipping points, the critical decision moments. And it's just so fascinating to hear people's stories, uh, regardless of how old you are and what kind of circumstances. The Robert Frost thing, you know, yeah. the road, whatever you, you choose to take. And that that's so that's so key. Let me tell you a quick story. Uh, when I was in high school, I was a part of uh, what what's called Junior Achievement. Mm-hmm. These This is a program for high school kids 
who are mentored and, and shown the business world by local businesses who volunteer and set up the program. So my, uh, my advisor was the brother of John Johnson, the Johnson's mm. Products Company in Chicago. And we created a product called Bather's Delight. It mm-hmm. was bath oil and bubble bath. <laughs> and we had to go door to door selling it. And that's how I learned about early on about business. And the, the Johnson used to say to all of us, he said, when you knock on the door and, and a customer comes, you don't say, ma'am, you don't want to buy this Bather's Delight, do you? <laughs> you say, ma'am, if you buy this Bather's Delight, your skin is going to be glowing and soft uh, for the rest of the day. Uh, we all know about salespeople, mm-hmm, and we know mm-hmm. some of them can be charlatans mm-hmm. at our local level as well as in our global and national political life. However, this is an important time for people to get out, exercise their vote as a way mm. of promoting and selling and valuing democracy. Jerry, I don't have any, I can't say to say, to say that either any way differently or better. I want you to say that again, though, as we close out, because that's really what the purpose is, because exploring what it, is, is democracy a reality for some and a myth for others, or can it be a re- reality for all? So just as we close out, just share if you would. Well, uh, uh, for those who feel that democracy isn't a reality for them, we have to qualify what it is about the experiences that makes them say that. But there's no one, particularly in America, who doesn't benefit from democracy. Mm, mm, mm. They may not feel that they're benefiting as much as someone else, mm-hmm. but we're all benefiting as a result of being part of a democratic society. Yes, from from the from from the native born to the newest immigrant, we're all benefiting. And the ways that well, a person may feel that they're not benefiting is exactly the reason why they should be involved. Indeed, and, indeed, and indeed. help things to to improve that continual experiment. To make, it, make, to make it more it, perfect. It's, democracy is an experiment, as one social <laughs> political scientist said. It's been it's been a pleasure to kind of have you have you uh, come oh, on. Oh man, come Tom, it's great being with and, you. And we're gonna, I'm gonna get a public commitment from you to kind of maybe January, February to come back. Oh, I would love to come because you got a few hats. We haven't even talked about the four, uh, the four I, or five I would love other to come hats. back, and I appreciate your listeners uh, paying attention to the to the show and the good work that you do in the community. Thank you, man. It's a pleasure. Good, good to see you. Good to see you. And thank you, everybody.